Hello, and welcome to Success in the Evening. My name is Coach Ricky Terry. I'm the president, founder, and CEO of One Do North LLC, your professional mentoring and coaching company. We show leaders how to take it to the next level. And if you're ready to take your game to the next level, if you're ready to take that next step, then we invite you to contact us. Visit our website at the number one, DoNorth.com. That's the number one, DoNorth.com. I want you to listen to this program today. This is for leaders. And when we're done, I invite you to leave your comments. So don't be shy. I want to know what you think. Leave your voice recorded comment and it may be played live on the air. One of the things I try to make sure leaders understand in terms of leadership and those around them. And I think one of the biggest and sometimes most difficult part of understanding leadership is where friendship is inserted. And so here's what I tell leaders. If you and I only talk about matters that concern the issues for which we deal with in our profession and that's all we ever really discuss there's a really good chance you and I are not friends at best we are respectable towards one another that is something every leader up and down the chain needs to understand. I put way too much value on friends. Friends know what's going on in my life. Friends know my family and my family knows them. I don't have work friends. I have people I am respectable towards. Now, Anyone else can label it however they want. But I want the people around me to understand that if you are my friend, you are my family. My name is Coach Rick Terry, president of One Do North. We are a professional mentoring organization. And if you're looking for coaching or mentoring, I want you to go visit my website at onedonorth.com. That's the number one, do north, D-U-E-N-O-R-T-H dot com. Check it out. If you like what you see, give a brother a call. Y'all have a great day. Oh, yeah, remember, I am your coach. Hey guys, I want you to lean into this conversation with me and my good friend, as well as the flight crew. Man, you're gonna enjoy this. My boy's a doctor, a scientist, and a great, great gentleman. Also a client of One Do North, if I can. Well guys, as I said, I wanna welcome you back to success in the evening. And one of the things we've always done, we've always tried to bring you the absolute best kind of guest we could possibly get you 
Darian, what you think about our guest coming up, man? What you got? Bruh, it, it's like we go from one great person to the next great person to the next great person on, to the man. next. Uh, the Courtney Houchin. We're going to start, and I see what we got here, sir, that you are a specialist in cancer. And I, I see that uh, one of the, you had gone through, um, through, you've been through here in Washington, D.C., went to Howard University. How did you enjoy that? Oh, that was wonderful. Yeah, the experience yeah. of my life. Do you, do you get back here often? or Look, he's on posters at the post office. He can't get back here too often. But, but, <laughs> but see, I know I have to ask this question before we go any further, sir. Uh, I see you did some time in Brooklyn. Is, is that, are, you, are you Mets or Yankees? Yes, I, um, uh, well, I was Mets, then Yankees. You were Mets, then Yankees? So, yes. so you was wrong, then right? Is that what you're telling me? Uh, <laughs> well, uh, I, I don't know how old you are, but uh, 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 Willie Randolph went to my high school and he taught me how to play second base. Well, bruh, you, you learn from the best. You learn from the best. Right now, Dr. Uh, Houchin is out in Oklahoma running things out there. And I mean running things. You hear me? Hey, hey, Doc, do me a favor. Yes, Why sir. don't you, because you know about switching gears, but... For the listener that's listening in all over the country, can you break down just a little bit about who you are, what you're about, and uh, then we're going to get into it. Okay. Well, I, I, uh, I was born in Brooklyn. Uh, I went to Howard University, 1977. You know. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I met my wife there. Uh, I placed Alpha Phi Alpha there. Hey, fine. Then I went on to uh, graduate school at uh, Atlanta University. It's called Clark Atlanta University now. And I got my master's degree in biology. And that's where I started to, to learn about doing research there. And then I went to Temple uh, University Medical School. And I did research there as well. And then I went on to do internal medicine at the University of Maryland in Baltimore. And then I went on to do my specialty of gastroenterology at Washington University in St. Louis. Wow. And, and uh, I was on faculty. After I finished my fellowship, I was on faculty for almost 10 years. And then I uh, was recruited to be the chief of gastroenterology at the University of Oklahoma in 2006. And I've been there ever since. Doc, I'm going to tell you what we tell, seems like all our guests. You're a bad boy. You hear me? You're a bad boy, man. Uh, I wish that were true, but uh, hey, I'm trying. If you find somebody that says you are, you send them my way, bro. <laughs> well, well, Doc, let, let's talk about We had a coach on earlier. I don't know if you had a chance to hear him. We had a high school football coach who was in pursuit of a championship. And, and one of the things he talked about in that pursuit is switching gears and understanding that character matters. You've won many championships. As a matter of fact, in your profession, how many championships would you say you've won? Uh, several, several. Talk to us, Doc. See, uh, again, e each each step that I just described was uh, was a championship. <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, I would say uh, medical school, residency, fellowship, yeah. and then uh, tell, tell us about that. Uh, tell us about that uh, 1.8 million dollar grant you received. Tell us about that one. <laughs> don't, don't hide, look, don't hide your light, Doc. Don't hide well, your light. 
Well, uh, again, uh, to be honest with you, that once I started doing research, uh, in addition to practicing medicine, uh, I, I, I needed to begin to write research grants to actually do the research because you can't do research without money. Mm -hmm. Which means you had to shift gears, right? That's right. <laughs> and I had to change my, my style from seeing patients and, and talking to patients and doing procedures to doing research on animals and cell cultures and cell lines and things like this. But fortunately, uh, I had some early training with my master's degree at Atlanta University. And I did research while I was in med school and during residency as well. No. So... Uh, that trained me to to do what I do now. Now, Doc, I know a little bit about you because not only do I have you as a friend, and I, I thank God that you are part of my accountability team, you're also one of the uh, individuals that I get to call a client and I coach. When you decided that that fighting cancer was going to be big in your life, did you know you were going to be in a battle this big? I mean, what what were you thinking when you initially got into fighting cancer? Well, in interestingly enough, uh, I talked to some of my friends from undergrad who, who, who reminded me that I said I was going to do this when I was in undergrad. So this was long before I even went to medical school. They, 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 they told me that I said this. Your, your subconscious was talking to you before you even yeah, knew it? Apparently. Um, but I, I can say I began seriously uh, after, after um, uh, residency. Well, here's what I know. Because I get to talk to you on a weekly basis uh, through our coaching program, I know for a fact that you are one of the top grant, not only are you one of the top grant writers, you are one of the most successful grant writers. And I believe you have a success rate approaching 97% or higher in the grants sure. you write? No, no, I wish that was the truth. <laughs> okay. Because, <laughs> you, like you said, it takes that money to make those experiments so you can get the results you want. Uh, in terms of grants, how are you doing in that? Are we, are we funding well, you uh, to the yes. place where we can see some results? Well, well, you, well, you know, you can never look good enough and you can never have enough money. Well, you ought to but see this right. yellow shirt my 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 white crew members wear up in here. You can look good enough. <laughs> <laughs> but but right now, uh, currently, uh, we we're we're doing pretty uh, we're doing pretty good with the with grant funding right now. But you know, I have to knock on wood because really, only seven percent of the National Cancer Institute uh, grant applications get funded. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so you have to have a percentile score less less than eight, eight or nine percent in order to have a chance to get funded. Does the so, does the type of cancer that you're looking to examine mm -hmm. play a part in in your grant reception of grants? Uh, are are there some things? Are there some pursuits that will draw money faster than other pursuits? Well, yes, but. Uh, uh, in, in the field that I work on, they're all about the same. They're very, all very competitive. Well, I know at one point, pancreatic cancer was pretty much, that was, if you got a, a, a diagnosis of pancreatic cancer, you pretty much, they wrote you off. They, they didn't give you a whole bunch of, of uh, encouragement on you surviving. And I know and that that still, has turned around they still a great have to deal. write you off. Right. It's still, still very bad. Yeah, so I, I know that that, that is 
that is one that is serious uh, uh, if you're going to rank them as you could possibly rank yes. them. But that it's one is one. That is one that's always been at the top of the list as as um, as as one that definitely takes you out. Um, yeah, it, it's one of the worst. I'm I'm guessing you know as long as cancer has been around. My question is as long as cancer has been around and as long as it's been treated. How do you determine whether you're making progress or not? As a well, as a researcher and a well, doctor. Well, currently, uh, the uh, the uh, five-year survival is the gold standard in in cancer therapy. So, if you if you take if you take any type of therapy for the cancer, and you live uh, five years or more, uh, that's considered a cure. Mm -hmm. But but for again for um, for pancreatic cancer, only eight percent live more than five years. And mm -hmm. most people die within six months, mm -hmm. so that that just could tell you how bad it is. Is is that because it, it takes so much longer for it to be diagnosed? Is it does it does it spend more time in your body, undetectable, than well, it, other than another type of cancer? That's part of the reason. So generally, when when people are diagnosed, they're diagnosed late. Um, uh, and, and and because there are very few symptoms that uh, would let you know at an earlier time point, you generally the people that catch it relatively early uh, have a CT scan or something like that that they catch it incidentally. Mm -hmm. But if you if you become jaundiced, meaning you turn yellow or you have back, severe back pain mm -hmm. and a severe weight loss, that those are very late symptoms. So what can very we... very little uh, yeah, hope then. Well, Doc, what can we do to to better, I don't know if we want to say protect ourselves, but understand what this disease is, understand that we may be able within ourselves through our diet or whatever you recommend, is there a recommendation we can do where we may be able to stay away from this? Well, unfortunately, uh, no, but if you can avoid smoking, uh, you you reduce your risk somewhat. Okay. That's about all we, we we can link closely to pancreatic cancer. Now, unfortunately, African Americans are at a higher risk. If you have a family history, you're at a much higher risk. If you have uh, new onset diabetes, you're at higher risk. Those are some of the things we know, but we don't necessarily know why that puts you at higher risk and we don't know how to prevent it or anything like that it's, it's a very unfortunate cancer yeah i actually had a, that. yeah i actually had a question because i um just kind of reading some of the statistics about cancer it said about it says about like 40 percent of people will get cancer so like one in every two um one in every three people will develop some form of you know cancer in their lifetime so that's, pretty, that's okay. So that's very, very scary. And I also have done some reading on just chronic diseases because um, in my family we have a history of diabetes, and my sister also has lupus as well. So I've kind of done some research, and I, from the research I've found, and just research in general, um, one of the things I read about is lifestyle. Um, I, 
it seems like a lot of, uh, you know, these diseases that happen, you know, unfortunately, especially in Western society, it seems like it's very closely related to what we're eating and our diet. Yes. Would you yes. kind of say that's, I feel, I'm not saying it's a preventative measure, but I know the more you exercise and then, the, you know, the more you watch what you eat, the less likelihood of you to get, you know, cancer and diabetes and, and et cetera. Like, well, yes, there's, there's been several good studies to show that a sedentary lifestyle and a, a high fat, high red meat diet will increase your, uh, your, your risk of uh, least colon cancer and many other cancers. Okay. But yes, that's true. But unfortunately, the genetics uh, uh, outweighs that. Unfortunately. Okay. So if you're genetically predisposed, or or you, or or, or you again you, you you uh, you close to carcinogens, or you smoke, uh, mm -hmm. with smoking being the biggest biggest carcinogen out here, because mm -hmm. that that will increase the risk of almost every cancer. Okay. But uh, but uh, uh, a low meat, healthy, active lifestyle will reduce your risk of uh, almost all cancer as well. So you're right. Okay. What, and, and the question for me, uh, Doug, is uh, Darian DePaul. One of the things that uh, how much and uh, I'm trying to best phrase the question. If you if you are prone to cancer. How can you determine what, how is it determined what cancers a patient may be prone to? And I, I twisted those up as to say, if you have, if you have breast cancer in your family, will it always be breast cancer? Or if you have breast cancer and your family has always had breast cancer, could you also be prone to prostate cancer or colon cancer or skin cancer just because cancer is in your family? You understand that? The easy answer is yes. The, the easy answer is that if, if cancer is in your family, cancer may be in your family. Correct. If cancer may be in your future. Okay. Yes. Well, Doc, that's the, that's, the, that's the easy answer. It's, it's, it's not that simple because some cancers increase that risk. So, for example, uterine cancer, breast, colon can all be uh, linked in the family history. Wow. Well, but, here, um, here's my question. Go ahead, Doc. I'm sorry. No, but but generally, if you have a history of breast cancer uh, uh, in your family, that will increase your risk of breast cancer dramatically, and mm -hmm. same for colon cancer and pancreatic. Well, is there, Doc, this is Rick again. Is there, mm -hmm. a, I got a couple questions. One, mm -hmm. what should we do medically? What should we be asking our own physicians for? What What is it we can collectively do? to try to know we are, you know, watching out for this temple and we only get one temple. What do you recommend we do? Uh, I would re recommend uh, regular checkups, um, screening for colon cancer, uh, which, which can be done at age 45 for African-Americans, uh, age 50 for Caucasians. But, um, but if you can, uh, detect colon cancer early, uh, your your chance of survival is, is very, very good. In fact, uh, I, uh, I, I'm almost hesitant to say it, but uh, I'm a colon cancer survivor too right now. You know, uh, I wasn't I, going to go into that because <laughs> I know you. Uh, 
and, 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 and you know I wasn't going to touch that unless you went into it. Not only that, um, you are a hero, and, 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 and my team doesn't know it, but literally you are a hero because while you could have very easily simply focused on yourself, you chose to fight multiple battles on multiple fronts while you're fighting against cancer. You want to go into that? You got enough time to touch that a little bit? Uh, yes, yes. Okay, you yes, want to tell you want to tell them what I'm talking about because, you know, you got a story, and you and I have always talked about that. You got a powerful story. Uh, you are yeah, a hero yeah. in terms of fighting for us for this cancer, but then you're fighting for your own life on another front. Will you tell us a little bit about it? Okay, well, I'll tell you. I, w I wish, I wish again, I wish, I wish I could say I was a hero, but but whether I, I personally, uh, as a physician. I was a very, very poor patient and that I did not uh, follow uh, my own guidelines of telling people to take care of themselves. And I was a working, working, working holic, but I delayed my colonoscopy because uh, basically I didn't, I was too busy. It didn't feel like I needed to do it. But when I, when I had my colonoscopy, I had multiple polyps, and I had one large polyp that turned out to be cancerous. Uh, uh, so I had my colonoscopy, and then, unfortunately, I had a complication where uh, the polyp that they took off, the cancerous polyp they took off, bled uh, while I was in China doing a, uh, uh, a, a presentation, research presentation, and I was very, very sick there. Doc, you weren't very sick. You almost died. Let's keep it real. Well, I, lo I lost four units of blood, and I went into uh, early kidney failure. And when I got back to the uh, United States, uh, the uh, cancer diagnosis was uh, uh, presented to me, and I had to go undergo a uh, hemicolectomy, which they had to take out uh, a, a third of my colon. And and with that, my I went into kidney failure and had to go on dialysis. Uh, however, the good news is the uh, all of the colon cancer had been taken out at the initial uh, polypectomy, and there were no lymph nodes. So uh, basically, I was uh, cleared from all cancer, mm -hmm. which allowed me to get on the transplant list. And June twelfth, I was able to get a kidney transplant. Yeah. So hopefully, I'm back on the uh, twenty nineteen June twelfth. Right. Yes. But but the good news is, while all that was happening, uh, I still was able to do some work, and I was able to secure about seven NIH grants during that time. Wow. So, it, so this, I mean, you had nothing else to do, so, you know. <laughs> but, but I was a little, I was fortunate and lucky, wow. and got my, my life was saved. So, but I think uh, yeah, I must be here to do something else. So. I was getting ready to say, if you don't realize you're here to do something else, bro, well, you're missing all this. You're missing every sign. Well, I tell you, <laughs> when I tell you he is an awesome, he's an awesome brother, he's an awesome man, an awesome physician, I mean, Physicians around the world contact him. Uh, lawyers around the world contact him. Uh, and, and so, Doc, I'm, I'm really thankful that you allowed us to talk to you today. I'm really uh, grateful to be able to say that Wondu North is your coach. 
Uh, yes. And that, I want to move away from the cancer if I can, because uh, mm -hmm. we're talking about switching gears, and I know that's what I told you mm -hmm. we'd be talking about. What uh -huh. made you switch gears with all of the friends you know, all of the people you have in your life, and, and the opportunities for even higher education, if you can get any higher than what you have? What made you decide that as good as you are, this is time to bring a coach into your world? What made you make that decision? Well, uh, well, part of it was that I was uh, trying to help my son because I thought that he could uh, he could use desperately a, a, a success coach. But after speaking to Coach Terry, I recognized immediately that uh, maybe I need one more than my son, or at least as much as my son. Is at least as much as my son. So, so that, uh, and, and again, you know, if, if Tiger Woods can uh, have a coach, uh, so so can I. Absolutely. Okay. So, well, I, so I want to thank you, Doc. I want to thank you because one of the things that I found hard in the in the first few years of my business was convincing the people that knew me, knew me well, that this was a good thing to do and let me help you, and those that did not try to strike a deal if you will for being i'm gonna say that being nicely they just flat out said i don't need a coach and yet we got the i call you the number one researcher in the prevention and cure of cancer and he says i want a coach and i want you what would you say to those that are on the fence about coaching i would think that if if you're on the fence you should do it because if you're on the fence, that means that you understand that you can benefit from 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 not only coaching but motivation, training, practice, you know, a different perspective, all the things that make you better. Yes, sir. If you're on the fence, if if you if you're not on the fence, then you're probably not going nowhere anyway. Well, so. that 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 is about right. Okay. <laughs> I know we're short on time. Mo, did you have a question? Um, no, I, 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 I was honestly, I was just thinking uh, that it was very, very powerful. My sister, like I mentioned already, is, has been battling lupus for a while. So to like still see somebody um, most recently actually um, being able to still work, um, motivate people. And um, at the same time, going through treatment of cancer, it's, it's insane. So uh, no matter what, you're inspiring somebody out there. And I definitely want to make sure I follow up and get your contact. Um, and I would love for her to, you know, to follow your journey. And I don't know if you have a blog or anything like well, that that you're keeping hold. You're striking something because part of our coaching session today when Doc and I talk, mm -hmm. uh, Doc is getting ready to go on the speaking circuit soon. Okay. Um, because he, as he knows and said, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not just here for me. And he, right. he is, when I tell you that Doc is one of the most positive men, people, person mm -hmm. I've ever, through this whole battle, he never once laid his head down. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I got to say, through this battle, one of the things I've learned about Doc is his support team. How important is it to have a good support team in your corner when you're going through Doc? Oh, that's a, that's <laughs> that's the most important thing. That's the most important thing. It, it is to have people that have your back, can help you, hold your hand, take you through. Like again, my wife has been, uh, you know, essential in this. She she saved my life because she was in China, 
when I when I had this episode of bleeding, and uh, you know I, I I travel all the time, but this was one of the few times that she was with me on the trip, and if she hadn't been there, I'd be surely dead now. Well, but I'm, I'm glad. I, I have secretaries, assistants, lab people, friends, family, everybody helped me out here. That's that, and you you have to have that. Now, there's one more issue, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna lay one more thing down. Do I have your permission to talk about this last issue? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Now, there's one more. On top of everything else he's fighting, Doc is also struggling with his vision, and oh, so wow. there are people who are helping him through this. And I want to say to anybody, you hear me often say, don't give up, don't give in, and don't give out because you don't have that much farther to go. Mm -hmm. That isn't just a saying. You're talking to someone who is living it. He is fighting not just for, you know, his, his neighbors. He is fighting not just for the United States. He is in a fight for this world. And in the midst of his fight, he's going through. And so when you start talking about how hard it is, how tough it is, how rough it is, and all the things that's going on, I want you to remember this, this name. I want you to remember this conversation mm -hmm. that no matter what obstacle you come up against, no matter what obstacle you come up against, you still have a right to rise. You have a right to get up. You have a right to get in the fight. As a matter of fact, you have a moral responsibility. When I tell you he was the most positive man I've ever met, I often wondered, are you taking this serious, Doc? Do you understand that your life is on the line and, and your family is concerned, and yet you're still in this fight? So my question is, in this fight, in your opinion, for what you are trying to do, how close are we to curing cancer, Doc? Well, well we're pretty close, to be honest with you. We're pretty close. Can we see it? In our, my son is 17, and I have the privilege of having him sit beside me and produce this show. Are, are we, are we, um, I think the question is, are we going to see it in our lifetime? Yes. Okay. Darian, did you yes. have something? And the, 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 the question I have is that when you say, yes, we will see that in our lifetime, mm -hmm. what are, how do you gauge that? How do you say it's, it's going to happen? Because it hasn't <laughs> happened yet. So what do you, what do you see? to say it's got to happen soon, it's going to happen. Because as technology has advanced, we know so much more about cancer than we did 20, 30 years ago that we finally have a, a, a better understanding of how to attack it. Uh, for example, there there's some new newer therapies like what's this called immunotherapy, mm -hmm. where you, you, you stimulate the immune system to uh, help kill the cancer and and one of the people who, uh, that's been the benefit of that is Jimmy Carter right yeah, I don't know if you remember he had uh, 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 melanoma skin cancer which right. was his, his, his deadly devastating disease and he had immunotherapy and basically he's cured he's still living Wow. And I don't know if he's close to 100 now. <laughs> Doc, he, he just had a birthday. Mo, yeah, and, and, and doing well. I think he's still out building houses and everything. Yeah. So, so, but that, that form of therapy that he had is a, a, a new class of therapy. Now, it doesn't work for all cancers, but uh, it works for some cancers and some people. And what now we're learning that every patient needs to be probably treated 
individually for their particular cancer right, as heard. opposed to general cancer, which is what we did in the past. So I, I, I think we, we're learning more, but it's a tough, it's a really tough, uh, complex disease. But I think we're going to get there based on the technology. And as long as, as, as good people can support research, uh, I think we have a chance. If we don't, if we, if we, if turn it over to the pharmaceutical companies or something like that, then we're going, we'll probably go backwards. Yeah, and I, I agree with you, Doc, because I, I think there was um, recently someone got cured with, I think, AIDS. There's been uh, three cured with been AIDS. like three, so I can see if, if they can accomplish that, I'm, I can imagine what else can happen in terms of cancer and other chronic diseases, hopefully That's in right. our lifetime. Well, well Doc, I, I think we caught you on the short end. I'd love to schedule you to come back uh, when you have time. I know you are out saving the world and... <laughs> I, I, the only thing I want to know is how do you manage, how many cakes do you have? In a, because I know you keep them in the dry cleaner. So when you're changing <laughs> cake Superman, um, if, if nobody said it to you in a long time, man, uh, this country and this world, this planet really appreciates your service, your commitment to it. And the fact that, you know, you understand above all that, if you don't do it, it may not get done, Doc. You and all those that are in the fight, to every scientist, to every researcher, to to those who are, you know, making sure that the money gets in the right hands, I can't tell you how much we appreciate you, man. It, it, I wish we could, if, if there's something we could do, I, I hope you'll let us know the next time you're on the show because we want to get the word out. We want to be able to to help you in this fight. And, and most of all, I want to tell you this, man. I really thank you for being a friend. Uh, I know how busy you are. And to take time out today to call into the show, to educate people, uh, and to uh, give us hope, man, that, that, that means a lot to me uh, and to my family. And we want to thank you and your family. And please tell your beautiful wife and uh, the boys and your, grand, your granddaughter, we said hello. And again, I thank you, Doc, and I say Godspeed to you. And uh, I know we got a session tomorrow, so we'll be talking. Is there anything you want to say going out, Doc? Well, well thank you. I, I, I don't know if I've ever been pumped up like this before, but uh, I hope my head can uh, shrink a little bit. But thank you so much for everything. And, uh, and, uh, and again, I look forward to a successful coaching uh, 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 session. And... Uh, well, you got a book. You still got a book. You gotta, you gotta get into before That's tomorrow. Right. <laughs> did he say you don't think you're gonna get away like that? He thought he did. <laughs> well, well, they say he tried. Well, thank, it. <laughs> thank, thank you for everything again, and good luck. Thank you, sir. Well, guys, uh, you've listened to one of the top researchers, one of the top doctors, one of the top people in the field for fighting uh, cancer. And we want to thank you for being a part of us today. And so we're going to get right into the end of this. My name is Coach Ricky Terry, president of One Do North and host of Success in the Evening. You've been with me and the flight crew. We've been talking about changing gears. And don't you forget, you got to change your gears. Go to my website at www.ondonorth.com if you're ready to change gears. <laughs>